what is up guys welcome back to my channel channeling in with chanel thank you guys so much for being here i hope you guys had an awesome week um today we have a special guest here with us one of my good friends john what's up dude what's up <laughs> how have you been man are you excited to be here i am very excited <laughs> finally be on <laughs> i know <laughs> Some technical difficulties. It's all good. We are exactly. <laughs> so I've had the pleasure of knowing John for years since high school when I lived out in Utah, and now he's married to one of my really good friends, and they are just couple goals, guys. So again, John, thanks so much. You're awesome for being here. A lot of people say that about us. It's pretty common. <laughs> You're still ugly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay, let's keep it moving. <laughs> okay, sorry, so sorry. Today, <laughs> so today we're actually about um a little bit more serious matter, but um so John, I know just from knowing him personally, I know he's struggled with a couple of things as we all have, um and I know depression was definitely one of them. Um, you know, he didn't come from a an easy life uh, himself. So I'm just happy that he's going to be on here, you know, more so being a man and expressing like how he has felt in his life and how he's gone through those dark times. So I really, um, I, I don't feel like as a woman, I'm all about my, my women. Like I love women empowerment. I feel it's, it's very necessary, but I also don't want to leave the men out. It's a little bit harder for you guys to kind of, express your true feelings in the world so we are going to express them okay all right let's go <laughs> so i wanted to start off um with the video so you came out with a video on your instagram and you were reading your suicide letter to yourself that you had written years ago um and i remember even watching it um it was just so powerful like just just you even coming out with it but um also like I remember at certain points you couldn't really like look at the camera and you said you were kind of like nervous, you know, so kind of like talk us through that whole personal experience and how it was like posting that post. Um, so posting that post, it was hard um, for me just because I've never really um, expressed it to a lot of people, especially my family. My family's never known um, that I've struggled with uh, depression and uh, thoughts of suicide and um, just like an inner struggle. And so for me, uh, I just, yeah, it was hard. I, I don't know. I just had this really strong feeling. Uh, I was with some family sometime um, that weekend and some of them were talking about suicide and they were kind of talking about it in a, in a joking manner. Like it wasn't they were like, Oh, why would they even try to like commit suicide and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of talking about it negatively. Yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't necessarily like that. And so I just wanted to, to post about it because there's a lot of people that don't talk about it that have struggled with it and is still struggling with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kind of going off of that, because it's true, like, and I feel like some people don't do it consciously, but sometimes it kind of just comes out that way like for me personally for me suicide has never been a joke so it couldn't be like a conversation that I could be a part of where people weren't taking it um as strongly as I would you know so I totally get that being in kind of like <clears throat> that sort of conversation and you personally experiencing it so I'm glad that you were able to just feel like you know what like I just need to express this part and just put that out there 
So, you know, and thank you once again, especially being a man and doing that, you know. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so then kind of like um, going off of that question. So what necessarily drove you like taking yourself back years ago? Like what drove you to that point to where you actually wrote a suicide letter? Um it was kind of like a collective of things of just growing up, growing up, um, um, struggling with, I guess, personal identity, uh, struggling with, um, self-love and, um, desiring love from other people. Um, people that know me know that, you know, I don't have the greatest relationship with my mom. I love her. Um, but we don't have, a uh, a mother son relationship, uh, my whole life, even today, I feel like I'm continuing, continue, continuingly striving to like, hopefully she loves me for who I am. And so that's why I struggled with a lot. I didn't grow up with a dad as well. Um, my sister had an abusive uh, father and he was in our life. And, you know, we just had that a lot around. Uh, I had that a lot around myself. And so um, if you knew me in high school and junior high, I was kind of a troublemaker <laughs> no <laughs> and so I'd always get into trouble and all that and I, I think it was a result of that of me trying to find find out what a man was uh, because I didn't have mm-hmm. have that and so all these wow. decisions and experiences kind of led up to to me feeling hopeless and feeling like you know um, the world would be better without me and so yeah Gosh, that's so crazy. And like personally knowing people who have either attempted or have had those thoughts, they always say that, like they always say, you know, the world would be better without me, but then they don't even, they're not here to see the repercussions of like, no, that, you know, there are people, whether it's one person or 10,000 people that really have, that would be affected, you know? Yeah. So, um, Kind of like, and, and you know, like I kind of grew up in, in that sort of like lifestyle, right? And so I've had like those issues too, where it's like you're trying to find your self-worth and your self-identity and so much chaos is going, is happening around you that you feel like you have no control over. So I I guess maybe that would be considering like something you would have control over, which is you, mm-hmm. right? Which is your life. So it's like all this crap is happening. You don't know what to do. And you're a young child, you know, trying to, and you're getting older and it's not really working out. So I could imagine that feeling of just being like, well, this is the one thing I do have control over and I just want to end it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why, you know, um, because I, I got into like doing like drugs and drinking and all that fun stuff. all that stuff (laughs) and I think I know for sure for myself um it was because I was trying to numb those feelings numb those feelings away and um trying to make sure that I don't feel them anymore the thoughts don't come into my mind I remember thinking about suicide at the age of like nine or ten you know and I remember um vivid memories of just like sitting there and thinking about it um even in high school, uh, you know, I, I used to self-harm myself. I, I cut myself a lot and, you know, I, I wanted to feel that 
punishment, I guess, like for making mistakes and whatever. And it's like, oh, I need to be punished. So I hurt myself. And so those are, I don't know, those are real things that people don't talk about. And I know um, that I've been through all this stuff just because I can be able to serve other people in a different capacity, you know? Yeah. And so. Exactly. And, like, for those who don't know John personally, John is always, like, that guy that is making everybody laugh. He's always joking. Like, he makes his wife, Liz, laugh all the time. <laughs> She's so annoying with her laugh. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, just, but kind of just, like, that's just a testimony that nobody would have ever thought, you know, that you would be going through those things unless you really kind of expressed it. And even with the self-harm and things like that, because... I mean, if you think about it, nobody's self-harming themselves in public, right? You're not out there, like, you know, slitting your wrist in, in front of 50 people, mm-hmm. right? It all just happens in the dark, and, and that's where those lonely thoughts come and where you're so vulnerable, you just feel like, oh, screw this, you know? Yeah. So that's a, gosh, I can't imagine, like, the that feeling of that loneliness, you know? So then, kind of, well, you did state that, like, you were having uh, vivid memories of, of suicide at the age of, like, 9 or 10. Um, so when did you start feeling, like, that sort of, like, depression in your life? Well, was it more so depression? Like, did you realize it? Or did you just feel like, what, like, what's going on? You know, like, did you feel like you were so sensitive to all these emotions? Or how was that for you? I think I was just, I, I didn't know anything about, like, depression growing up or anything like that. Uh, But I just knew that I always felt sad, you know, and I and like growing up, my family used to always say that I was super sensitive and probably I still am like, I'm cool with it. (laughs) Yeah. But they're like always saying like, I always cry and I was a crybaby and like whatever. But I always like I I felt like I felt things deeply, you know, Mm -hmm. and so. Mm That's yeah, I knew that about myself. But then I I felt like I was like, man, is this normal? Like, does everyone feel like this? But then I always felt like it wasn't because I had um, my family members tell me like, like, oh, man, John's the sensitive one. And then everyone else isn't sensitive. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. (laughs) Well, no. And then but that's such a, a serious thing, because. Like, I can imagine you being, like, a young boy and, and being made fun of by family members or friends because you were so sensitive. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So I can imagine how that could kind of be, like, a ripple effect of, like, hey, you need to, like, swallow up. You know, like, swallow it up. You're fine. You know, be strong. But you did, like, did you ever feel like you had that opportunity to actually just express how you felt and not be punished for it? No, not at all. Um Oh, dang. <clears throat> um, in the Polynesian culture, we already know everyone talks about, you know, you got to be strong and you. Um, I don't agree with that. Um, I think that's why I fell into a deeper depression. Um, I wrote a paper um, in college. It was called uh, The Mask. And it was about um, me going out, going throughout my life and always wearing uh, a mask. Um, I masked myself with, uh, I thought a man would had to always fight. That's what my mom told me. She's like, you'd never back down from anyone. 
started crying a lot, all that stuff. She always told me, you're not a man. You, you always cry and you always like, um, sound like a girl. That's what she would say. And so, um, I was like, all right, my first fight in my whole life, um, my mom was there and, um, my sister's dad and I was getting jumped by three kids and I looked back at them cause they're sitting on the porch and they said, if you come home crying, uh, we're going to beat you up. And I was like, all right. So I just fought. And that was my mindset throughout my whole life. A, a man doesn't cry. A man fights. A man um, doesn't back down from no one. A man doesn't show emotion. Um, a man doesn't. Um, yeah. And so I, I couldn't. I didn't believe I could um, because I believe in family. And so I believed, oh, if I want to protect my family, I want to be a good family man, then I can't show any emotions anymore. And so I numb myself um, with anger and frustration and um, substances. And um, anytime I felt those emotions, I would always push them back. And um, like I said, uh, self-harm myself at times where I was like, you know, you have to be a man and you have to um, not be a crybaby, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. But John, even with you saying that right now and explaining it, like, that's the problem, you know, like, like, us, like me, obviously being a woman, and I was a little girl, like, I never really had someone constantly telling me that, you know, because someone constantly like telling me like, you need to fight, you need to fight, you need to fight. Like, I obviously, in certain ways, I, I felt like I had to, just because of the way I grew up. But being a little girl in certain experiences, you're not having a, all these adults around you telling you like, you need to fight or I'm going to beat you up or this, this and that. Um, but I feel like with boys, it's a lot more uh, common and that, and this is the ripple effect, right? It's you at a very, very young age, you're told like, you need to be strong, stop crying, suck it up. Life goes on. And then, but there are men that are really sensitive, like just like you, which is nothing mm -hmm. wrong. You know, you just, like you said, you feel things a lot deeper and not everybody is like that. And so, but it was such a ripple effect of how like it could potentially affect you and lead you up to the point to where you just want to end your life, mm -hmm. you know? And, but, but that's what I'm seeing. Like, and that's why I feel for men, you know, in this world, because they're constantly told that and that, and it's not even adulthood. I feel like it just starts from when you're really, really little, and I feel like I have three girls, you know, three daughters, but I feel like if I had a son, like I would just want him to be able to express himself like the way he needs to. Like, I don't want him to feel ever feel that way to where he always feels like he needs to fight and he can't cry and do things like that, yeah. you know? And, and, and like you said, like in our Polynesian culture, it's so it's very much leading towards that way of like, you know, shut, like shut your mouth and beat you up. Like not always, but it's just more mm -hmm. common, you know, in households and, and in the culture. And I can imagine like being raised as a boy in the culture, you know, as opposed to like a woman in, in certain yeah. things. So that's, yeah, that's heavy, especially at a young age, you know? And that's what, that's one of the things like, it's funny, like when people see me they're or knew about me in like high school, they're like, Oh, John's a fighter or whatever. But I like when people ask, are you a lover or a fighter? I'm a lover for sure. Like, because we yeah. think about nature and nurture. I think the fighting aspect came from nurture, not nature. I'm not a natural fighter. I'm like, 
bro i just want to like chill with everyone hang out <laughs> i just want to laugh yeah right <laughs> i love everyone i'm just trying to be cool with everyone but yeah i i really feel like people need to realize how much uh nurture affects people and and who they become and how they cope with things and how they um, view the world and perceive the world dude you hit that right on the nail like that was amazing like amen that was so good i'm gonna use that okay that was so awesome but it's so true so true so um i mean you kind of already answered this but so how are you as a kid were you like happy angry alone because you did state that like nobody really knew like how you truly felt mm-hmm. yeah so <clears throat> you always like kind of like more of a loner kid or like did you like did any family members kind of notice that something was a little different no so <laughs> so um there's this uh tupac uh documentary oh, yes. <laughs> no you didn't go there <laughs> so there's a tupac uh documentary and they talked to a lot of people and they said if you ask tupac or if you ask 10 people about who tupac is they'll all give 10 different answers and that's how I felt growing up. Like, Ooh, preach. Like you can ask 10 different people about me and I feel like they'll give you 10 different answers because they're in my life in a different time period and we had a different relationship and I could talk about different things, you know? And so oh my gosh, for yes. me, yeah, sometimes at moments I was a loner, but then at sometimes, like at other moments I was the class clown at other moments i was the kid that thought deep i was an old soul talking to eight-year-olds about deep stuff (laughs) (laughs) or i was you know uh you know i i remember uh growing up and listening to this uh like i remember i was like eight nine ten a little kid talking to adults about like life and experiences and uh, counseling with them and they'll talk to me about their marriages and uh, struggles they're having at work and coworkers and bills and stuff like that so like that's another aspect of my life where I'm like you know I was a different person at a different time I'm I'm, I'm a chameleon so I just kind of fit in wherever I need to be Dude, I love that you just said that. Like, I relate to that so much, and it makes complete sense. And so, like, for me personally, growing up, I was very angry. Like, I was an angry kid, but no one knew other than my family that, you know, that I lived Mm. with. But on the outside, dude, I was always social. I was always, like, making people laugh. Like, just like you, like, just chill with everyone, love everyone. Like, nobody thought that I ever even got mad, you know, like, that's just like what I put on. But I was so angry, you know, and I didn't really release it until like I became adult and, you know, certain things happen and forgiveness and things like that. But it's crazy, like when you say that, like, and and it's hard too because being that way, like growing up that way, like, obviously, I didn't want to be, you know, it wasn't my choice, like what was going on around me. Um but I tried to deal with it the best I can. But the thing that always sucked for me personally was that's the way my family always knew me, you know? So it's like, I couldn't even evolve like in front of them if I wanted to, because it always went back to, Oh, you know, Chanel's mad anyways, or you know how she is. And, 
and and it was hard because I I never really felt like understood honestly um but only by my grandmother like she was the only one that would really kind of look at me and know exactly how I was feeling and why I would feel it Ooh, I'm not about to cry (laughs) (laughs) but she was like that only person that can like look at me in a room and I'm just like to, I, I'm laughing, I'm everything, but she like could totally see like the pain that I was hiding. She could totally see like the anger and why I felt like certain things. And, and that was the hard part because even like as an adult, you know, people like some of my family members would be like, oh, Chanel's mad or this, this, and that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> for once, I wish like an adult like would have just understood why I felt like yeah. that, you know? Like, sorry, I totally made that about me. No, no, I love, I love that because, because it goes back to your question of like, has any of like the adults or anything in my life have like seen any, like seen any symptoms, I guess. And I feel like no, um, except for one of my uh, uncles. Um, Every time I got in trouble, uh, got suspended or arrested or anything like, because I struggled, I still struggle today with like anger. Um, because yeah. uh, people don't realize that you you engrave in your brain uh, automatic. Uh, this is how I react to these situations, and so yeah, yeah at, at a young, young age. age, like our minds are sponges, and so as mm-hmm. we get older, it starts to like become more concrete. So as we're learning to do like different uh, reactions and things like that, it gets a little bit harder, but you do get better. But my uncle. Yeah. Um, he was always the one that my mom called um, because he, growing up, got in trouble a lot and all that fun stuff. And um, it was cool because um, he 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 was known for the tough guy, too. You know, like everyone was like, yeah. you know, it's that uncle that is like, oh, dang, you don't want to freaking fight that guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or get that guy angry right. or whatever. But every time. um he came and talked to me or he was supposed to discipline me or whatever, (laughs) beat me up, but he wouldn't, he would always just sit down and talk with me. And I loved it. Like I'll be super angry or uh, I'd be whatever. And he would just sit there and he, he always asked me pretty much the same question first. He was like, why did you do it? And then he would just let me talk. Like, just let me feel free to explain. And then and then he'll just help me, like, talk me through it. And I love that. I love that he was portrayed as the tough guy, but he's also the guy that took me under his wing and, like, really, like, talked to me a lot and helped me understand, yeah. you know, it's not worth it. It's All these actions aren't worth it. Why do you keep reacting this way and how can we improve? And I love that a lot. So he's probably the only one. My family, I just recently told my family about suicide and about me uh, attempting suicide twice and everyone was like whoa yeah. we didn't even know <laughs> yeah exactly right shut up stop laughing <laughs> all right i'm sorry so dumb. <laughs> no but seriously and 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 that's the thing too it's like sometimes it's it's with people that you would never think of like i said like personally knowing you like you always joked around you're always making people laugh like and things like that so just knowing you off the bat you would never think that oh yeah that guy did that or that guy was thinking about these sort of things you know 
But literally, I like I truly believe everything that we feel like as adults, like stems from our childhood, oh, yeah. you know, and you know what I mean? And I feel like, unfortunately, sometimes it's not always resolved. And like me, I just feel like I have to turn out to be the adult that I deserve to be, you know, and I and I can't use my past to to like basically be a crutch, you know, of why I can't get to where I am, because as a teenager like I was you know like I said I was angry about a lot of stuff but and then I kind of let that get to me to where I was just like no I'm I'm allowed to feel like this I'm allowed to feel like that which I was but then I didn't want it to be so much to where I just I was kind of enabling myself yeah if that makes sense you know and and like you said about your uncle like that's amazing especially I feel like the example kind of like how he was he wasn't perfect like you said but he, I think he was perfect yeah, for you, for sure. you know, in, in his role in your life and just figuring it out with yeah. you, you know, that's awesome. So <clears throat> kind of like going towards a little bit like better things, obviously, like, like you said, you still deal with it now, you know, in different areas, but so when did you kind of start to cope with it better? Like, when did you feel like, okay, it's getting a little bit uphill from here? I think it was, uh, <clears throat> it was, it was after, uh, uh, it was after the first time I attempted suicide. And so, really? uh, is there all right if I tell the story or? <laughs> yeah, what the heck, John? Uh, all right, so, uh, it was actually our senior year, uh, of high school and, um, I was just going through a lot of stuff and um, uh, it was uh, my birthday. And so um, turned 18 and um, I went to my mom and I told my mom, I was like, hey, it's my birthday today. Uh, I turned 18 and she was like, yeah. And I was like, and I was just like, yeah. And she was like, huh. And I was like, what does that mean? Why would you say, huh? And she's like, yeah. you know, to be honest, um, I didn't think you'd make it to 18. I thought you're going to die or you're either going to be locked up in jail. And um, oh it just kind of hit me. Uh, maybe I, I was just having a bad day that day or whatever, but it just kind of hit me pretty deep. So uh, that yeah. weekend um, or that week, it just kept, playing in my mind and playing in my mind and so I was like you know um I don't really have a lot going for me right now and um I'm struggling still and um my mom doesn't love me so what's the point <clears throat> so yeah. uh Saturday night I wrote my uh suicide poem so I love poetry uh, it helped me it helped me out a lot to um, visualize how I feel but um, is it okay if I share my yeah. poem? Okay. So yeah, uh, this is one of my uh, first poems uh, I really wrote like all the way through. And so uh, it's called uh, My Letter. Uh, so I feel like dying goes through my head. My eyes darken no light. All I see is the devil ahead. I'm fed up with life. Can't deal with this shiz. I pull the trigger back and boom, that's it. No lessons to be learned, no aches, no pain, no tears from my lonely eyes. It's the end of the game. I'm no longer 
brother, your cousin, your nephew, your son. My life is deceased, and now I'm done. Um, so I wrote that letter. Um, I used to walk around with a with a gun, and I uh, put that letter under my pillow, and I locked my door, and um, uh, I I cocked back the 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 gun and put it in my mouth and pulled the trigger. Um, the gun didn't go off. I dropped the gun and started crying. Um, it was loaded. I fired that gun plenty of times and I just started crying and crying. And, um, that was my first time I ever said a prayer, uh, like a sincere prayer. Um, growing up, I didn't really believe in God. Um, I went to church. I went to several different churches growing up, uh, Pentecostal church and then, uh, uh, LDS church. But um, I didn't really believe in God because the religion was really confusing. But the example of my grandma, she always told me to pray all the time. And she was such a strong uh, LDS member. And uh, that's the example I always seen was her praying all the time. I always see her every night. Sometimes I would walk into her room and she's praying out loud and she's saying everyone's names specifically about what she desires for them. And so that's what I did. And um, I just got on my knees and I just said, you know, um, God or whoever you are, if you're real, uh, just just let me know, because um, that's all I need right now is I need someone that's that's greater than me because I can't handle this stuff. And my grandma says you're real. And so I just want to know. And so um, went to sleep, woke up had this weird desire to go to church so i woke up got ready went and sat on my grandma's uh rocking chair and she came out and she's like oh you're gonna go to church and i was like yeah so i went with her and then we walked into the church and you know everyone loves my grandma so they're all greeting her saying hi and uh there's this one guy yeah um he came up to me and he gave me the biggest hug and um it felt good. It felt like a like a genuine hug. And um, he pulled back and held my shoulders and looked at me and said, John, I don't know why I need to say this, but I need you to know that God loves you and he knows what you're going through. And I, oh my gosh, I just couldn't. Like, I just started bawling. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> and yeah, so I just started crying. Right? And then he just gave me a hug and... um. That's 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 where I started. Um, my belief in God is uh, what's helped me. Um, that's where I go to. Even now, um, I still struggle with it. And um, my go-to is to just pray and then just talk to him openly and just say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And uh, I can't do it alone. And you know it. So I, I just need you right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh, John. Well, first off, I'm going to be making a cry up in here. <laughs> but John, uh, I never knew that. You know, I never knew that story and about the gun. And gosh, you gave me the chills when you just said that. But and then to like pray and then like ha- like God, like completely showing himself to you um, through another person, like you totally deserve that you know and and a lot of times it's hard to you because it's like when we pray even in a sincere prayer and we ask for something 
and then it comes, then we're like, oh, shit. yeah, Sometimes exactly. We're scared of it, you know, you know, and then it's like, okay, it's here. What do I do with it? But so that's so awesome that like, that was your sign and you were like, okay, you know, so that's amazing. I, you I just, are so I think awesome. uh, <clears throat> that's one of the things that like, I want people to know is like, you know, uh, I, I took in or not institute seminary. I got kicked out of seminary like three times, but I went to class a couple of times in, uh, in, uh, my class, uh, we had a domino. Um, our teacher gave us a domino and they said, write something that, you know, and the gospel is true. You know, I don't before, so I served a mission. Um, but before I served a mission and even on my mission, um, I didn't know anything about the church, you know, um, in the MTC, they're asking, it's like, all right, who was the first president of the church? And I said, oh, that's easy. Uh, George Washington. <laughs> they said, they're like, all right. Oh, yeah. Bye. <laughs> You're going to need extra work. Sure was. <laughs> but so th- that was my that was my knowledge of the church. And so when they told me in seminary, all right, write something you know to be true. And um, it, it was after this, it was after this experience. And what I wrote on my domino was, you're never alone. And that, that's what I believe in. Um, that's where my testimony is, is, is you're never alone. And that's what I strive to live my life as. Um, we talked about growing up with experiences and all that. There's a scripture in Doctrine and Covenants. It talks, it's talking to Joseph Smith and Heavenly Father saying, you know, you're going through all of this stuff. You're in jail. You're um, being persecuted. You've uh, got tarred and feathered. But I just need you to know that all these things um, are for your good. And that's that's where I've learned where I'm like grateful now for all of my experiences because it helps me uh, develop greater empathy for people to connect with people a little bit better to understand their feelings. Um, and to be able to just love them even deeper yeah. and to recognize, you know, just because someone's smiling and laughing doesn't mean they're smiling and laughing inside. Exactly. And and I totally agree. I feel like that's always been my calling, like, and I never really knew it, but he always gave me signs, like, subliminally. And so I, I always felt that, too, like, like, I could deeply connect with people because I understood that feeling of loneliness in a different way and in way early in my life and in certain, you know, situations. And I could always see that, like, like you said, like, if people were smiling and laughing, I can always see that there's yeah. something behind there, you know? So, and I feel like that was definitely your calling, too. And we need more men like that, for sure. I believe you know? so. I, I just feel like I just don't like the stigma of, like what a man is what's that dude's name babe the the dude <laughs> justin baldoni he talks about it of like masculinity and like like how like being man enough and like people talking about like this is what a man looks like he works out and he does like whatever <laughs> you know whatever a man is he plays football yeah. and plays sports and whatever and i i and he talks about like that's not what a man is like that's aspects of what some men like but that's not who a man is yeah and uh, the emotions and feelings and um 
all those type of things that like people categorize as women, you know, men feel the same way and they, they should allow themselves to feel it, to express it and to, to love themselves fully. Yeah, exactly. And that was just basically going on to my next question of like, do you feel as a man, it's harder to express your feelings the way you want, um, you know? I don't know. I don't, I guess so. Because I can see it in women as well, because sometimes, you know, uh, we teach women, you have to be strong as well and <laughs> all that fun stuff. And so they hold back their emotions. I think that it's just more of a, a people thing and a society thing where we just need to teach everyone to allow themselves to, to feel and express the emotions. Obviously, in a more productive manner, you can't just go around calling everyone the B word and not having any consequences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. No, totally. yeah, so I don't know. Uh, that's what uh, I always try to think about when, you know, me and Liz are counseling with like the younger adults in our families and all that. It's just like, hey, bro, say what you need to say and feel what you need to feel. But then at the end of the day, like make sure you know, um, there needs to be a solution to the problem. If you're just going to complain, then yes. it helps nobody. You know, you're you're the problem of the of the problem as well. Yes, yes, and I love that. That's so powerful, and it's the same thing that my husband and I try to do with our kids. So, um, I mean, they're young; they're ages two, four, and six. But I feel like we we have to start them at a young age to be able to like really say what they feel sometimes even if mm -hmm. it's not always going to make us feel good and like so like we have a lot of fa open family discussions and you know we'll kind of leave the floor open obviously our two-year-old is going to say something funny and then our four-year-old is probably going to talk about like her barbie or something um but i've noticed that like the older that they're yeah. getting it, it changes right so my oldest like she she had her two front teeth you know they fell out but she had a really hard time. She was like bawling her eyes out because she felt like she was going to be embarrassed, you know, like her friends were going to make fun of her and this, this and that. And so we just let her like, you know, obviously like feel it. She was crying. We heard her out and then we talked to her about it and, you know, we're just hyping her up. But then like after when we went to sleep, my husband and I were talking and we were just realizing like, wow, this is just the start of it, <clears throat> you know? Like, they're going to keep getting older and older, and so many more things are going to happen in their life, and like, yeah. it's crazy, you know, to take that on, but it, it's it's true. Like, and, and I'm kind of, like, half and half with it is why I feel like if you want to express yourself, then express it, but I feel like our parents' generation um, wasn't the best in doing yeah. it because they weren't raised like that, right? You know, so it's like they, they did the best they could. Um, but I feel like our generation is turning to where it's like, no, it's okay. Like if, if you want to cry, like, let's cry. If you want to talk it out, let's talk it out. And, and I think that's one of my most like favorite things about our generation mm -hmm. is that it's a lot more open, um, to different things than it oh, was. Yeah. I prior, believe that too. You know? And I love it. I love open communication. I like how you talked about like your daughters and all that, because I, I don't know, like what popped on my mind is. Would you rather them come to you or would you rather them go to someone else? You know, and that's where that's where yeah, I went. Exactly. Um, growing up, I, I couldn't yep, communicate. I couldn't express how I honestly felt without feeling ashamed or feeling stupid or being made fun of. 
And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere else then if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, and, and that's the biggest thing because it's like, if you can't turn to those like closest people around you, your home and everything like that, you're going to go into some way different things that you probably don't want to obviously, but the, they're just there, they're accessible and they might not be healthy choices, yep. but it's what you have, you know? And, and that's so true because a lot of the times, unfortunately, that it starts in our homes, you know, and it does a ripple effect because if you're not getting that, that sort of like love and honestly attention, I feel like kids, even adults like want attention sometimes. Right. But I feel like kids need that healthy attention, obviously not like the bratty, I'm going to spoil you 24 seven, but they definitely need like that healthy attention to know that, Hey, like someone here loves you you know, and you can always come to us. And that's why we always want to leave like our daughters with that, you know, no matter what. And I feel like it's important to start it at a young age. Cause had I felt that when I was a really little, I probably would have not been as angry, you know, and be able to just express who I am and my anger and what was going on around exactly. me. And things like I that, took you a, know? I took a psychology class and uh, they did a study with a monkey and so they had a, a little robot or two little robots. And so one robot had, um, what is it, a bottle of milk. And the other uh, robot had a cloth on it, a nice, comfortable cloth. So every day the monkey would go to the one that has the bottle and it would feed. But then automatically once it's done feeding, it will always stay with the one with the cloth. And so they talked about how um food shelter um clothes these are all necessities yes but um comfort love compassion and um open communication is what uh, people need the most more than just the necessities of life 100% oh my gosh my husband and I were just talking about this the other day because me personally my personal opinion I can't stand when parents feel that it stops there that okay you know I work hard you have food on the table and clothes on your backs and all that stuff yeah of course those are important but those that just comes (laughs) with the job as a parent right you know what I mean like like, that's just a given hello you need to do that but I've always felt like that is just the bare minimum you know like from what like they actually need in their life like obviously you know we work hard in what we do and and we that's obviously our goal is to put a a roof over their head and and food on on the table but I've always said that to my husband like that is just like what we're doing right now is just the bare minimum like they need nurture they need like to know that they're not alone and they need to have like that sacred space you know and if I want it to be anywhere, I want it to be with us exactly. in our home, you know? So I love that you just said Yeah, that. I love how the, the leaders in, in the church, they talk about, you know, we're going to hold many callings in life. We're going to hold church callings. We're going to hold job callings. We're going to hold uh, hobby callings and things like that. But the most important calling we hold is a, a mom and a dad. And so we should recognize mm-hmm. that that's a... That's a privilege and a blessing and it's not something to take lightly not just like hey i'm your mom or i'm your dad and you should respect me (laughs) yeah no serious yeah yeah and i definitely agree with that 
So kind of wrapping this up here, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself <clears throat> in this entire journey? Um, you're a lot stronger than you think. And um, like I said earlier, that you're never alone. Um, is it okay if I share my favorite scripture? Okay. Oh my gosh. So my favorite scripture is in the Book of Mormon. It's uh, Ether 1227. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh, really? that's mine. No, yes, that was mine first. I, I was born first. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Whatever. So, and if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness so that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. Um, I love that just because there's a couple things. Uh, the biggest aspect is uh, God can make weak things become strong. So a lot of these things that I grew up through and uh, went through, there are weak points in my life, and he's made it a strength for me to be able to serve. And that's something I learned is um, you should be, um, somewhat excited and grateful for the challenges and trials that you go through because that's Heavenly Father blessing you um, with the opportunity to, in the future, uh, serve someone else. And so I'm very grateful for all my trials and all my struggles. Um, in the moment, it sucks, but um, I started recognizing, you know, He trusts me. He trusts me enough to allow me to to go through this. He knows that I'm strong enough to be able to to work through it. Um, the second aspect, he says that the only way that uh, weaknesses become strength is if we're humble. Um, it, it gives me yeah. great joy to believe that I'm I'm humble, <laughs> humble to um, to come to him and humble <laughs> to to learn from him, uh, the great creator, the all knowing. And so um, that's an aspect that I love. But uh, the last thing is. Um, he says in the beginning, and if men come unto me, then I'll show unto them their weakness. Um, if you're recognizing your weaknesses and you're recognizing struggles that you're going through in life, um, you need to recognize as well that that means you're getting closer to God, that you're not getting farther from him, but you're actually getting closer because he only reveals your weaknesses only if you come unto him. He won't show your weaknesses if you don't. And so these are the things that I've learned through uh, uh, my life and my struggles and my pains and my weaknesses is that, you know, as we come unto him, uh, he'll bless us and help us and help us become stronger than we've ever imagined and felt like we could be. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. John, you are freaking incredible. Thank you so much for being here and just being the example that you are. And I just hope that anyone out there listening just goes, um, kind of walks away with, from this episode, just learning at least that they're never alone and that someone's always out there, you know, understanding exactly what you're going through, or what you have gone through. Um, and you're such a testament, John, you know, to a lot of people and a lot of men out there to just understand that it's okay yeah. and Thank it'll you. get better, you know? <clears throat> So thank you. No, thank you. 
But you are amazing. Thank you guys for tuning in once again to my podcast, Channeling In with Chanel. We will see you next time. Peace.